Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, Biodesign Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome into another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, along with O Patton and Jay Plant on the controls. We are coming to you from Hearts Unknown this morning. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was always my favorite location of wrestlers was from Parts Unknown. I, uh, you know. We always like to tell you about what the weather's like outside, and, and it's a beautiful day. It really is. And you know what makes it even more beautiful than anything, Mo? Okay, Chris. Is that we are one day away from high school football playoffs. <laughs> Who'd have thought? And we've got state championships handed out today. We do. We're handing out some hardware yes, sir. in Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot to talk about today, including those cross-country state championships taking place right now, including several local runners uh, and a couple local teams. We also have, again, high school football playoffs. That's what we're going to be talking about. We'll talk about all four of our local games today, and we will visit with uh, the DeKalb County um, play-by-play guy, Luke Willoughby. Yep. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It's kind of weird because we, we have spent a lot of time on this Spring Hill DeKalb County game. Well, I guess when you consider that it was a game that wasn't supposed to be played, then then suddenly it's drawn a lot of attention. So, yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I'm uh, really excited about talking to uh, Luke Willoughby. And uh, we'll get to him in the next segment. But first... Mo, tell us a little bit. We, you had a story on sm-tnsports.com and uh, talking about cross-country. Now, we had some cross-country, I guess, some Division One runners and teams who are competing this morning, right? Correct, yeah. Um, the Division One large class meets will take place at 10, 1040. The girls will run at 10, and the boys will run at 1040 a.m. Um, small class Girls will run at 2 and the boys at 2.40 this afternoon up at um, Sanders Ferrick in Hendersonville. So um, in the early race, Independence's girls will be running after um, advancing out of their region meet, which was also held at Sanders Ferry. So they've got some familiarity with the course. And, um, you know, talking to Luke Finley, um, the about the Halterman sisters? He, well, about the Halterman sisters <laughs> and about and about Emma Wilson as well, all of whom finished in the top ten at the region meet. Um, Jane, is it Janie? I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly. I think it's Janie. Um, finished second at the region. Um, Julia finished fourth, and Emma Wilson finished tenth. So, you know, strong performance up there in the region meet, and be interesting to see how they reprise that this morning at here in about an hour roughly and then for the independence boys nate martinez advanced and spring hills michael gerhardt 
advance. So they'll be running in the second race of the day. Um, later on today, Summertown will have a couple of runners. Um, Olivia Riggs and Claire Woods will be in that small class girls race at 2 o'clock. And then the um, Santa Fe boys will run in the 240 race. That's it. So it's a it's, solid little showing. It's a full Saturday. day. It's a full day. And then tomorrow at 2 o'clock, the Division Two Class A girls will run, and Columbia Academy's girls qualify for that, led by Annabelle Cothran and an eighth grader, Presley Miller. So um, they will be running at 2, and at 2.40, Connor Henson, who won the Middle Region meet last week, will be running. He um he finished sixth in the state last year in um D two A and tenth in class A as a freshman. So looking for that elusive top five finish there. And William Craig Zion Christian will also be running in the um in the boys meet tomorrow afternoon. So like you said, we've got plenty plenty of area runners, plenty of representation and um Look forward to seeing how they do today and tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, yesterday, the TWSAA, or I guess, I don't know if it was last night or this morning, they, they released proposed readings for next year. That was uh, kind of a surprise, I guess, to be well, yesterday, they, well, I mean, they will. Um, board of Con- the board people. of those people, the board of control will probably meet this month to officially set districts and regions for the twenty one, twenty two, and twenty two, twenty three school years. And so, um, typically, they kind of send those out and let everybody get a look at them and and um, figure out what you like, what you don't like. So people can try to have their presentations ready for that board of control meeting. If they don't like where they are, they can propose else. Because again, what the TWSAA state office sent out is just proposals. And then um, they will finalize those at the board of control meeting, which is probably in about a week to, I'm not sure of the exact date on that, but. Um, Typically before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'm, I'll be curious to see how how some of those shake out. Uh, I, I really, I really will, especially with the different classifications, folks moving up, fo- folks moving, folks choosing to move up, that sort of thing. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, once schools had to announce whether they were going to move up or not, it, uh, Alcoa football kind of dictated some moves for some people. I think when they announced that they were going to stay at three A immediately, Pearl Cone. And um, Memphis Wooddale are the two that jump out at me immediately. I think that was the third. Maybe Milan um, announced they were going to Bore. And uh, I feel like that's a you know smart move on their part. And particularly for Cone, I think, because when you look around at who else was in 3A close to them, you know, they were probably going to incur a lot more travel during the early season in 3A than they would in 4A. And they get away from Alcoa. 
Yeah, you can't beat that. Which is no small consideration, I don't think. Uh, it was certainly a a big deal for several teams, and, and like you said, including including that one. Mm. Including that one, yeah. And um, I think it'll be interesting with um, Summit and Springfield. I'm sorry, Summit and Shelbyville. Going going to 6A in football, what will Columbia's region look like for football in 5A next year? Well, why don't we tell them what the proposed region is? Because we can at, um, or at least what I'm looking at. Okay. I can't tell you if this is specific, you know, perfect or not, but this is a six-team region mm-hmm. proposed. Columbia Central, Franklin County, Lincoln County. Nolansville Page Spring Hill. That okay. seems that seems about right. Yeah, yeah, it does. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else that necessarily should be in their region. So, there you go. Hmm. So is Tullahoma in six this time, or are they in four? Tullahoma's uh, in four. They're probably a four A school, which is yeah. You're, yeah, you're looking. Yeah, they're in four. Okay. Did. Did Tullahoma move to the Tullahoma. other side of the yeah, bracket? Yeah, they, they, they moved from east to west, it Ooh. looks like. Um, so With Glencliff going down? To- much needed. Yeah. Those poor folks. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, I expect it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting change, uh, you know, I think now, it it adds a little juice to the yard bowl between Central and Spring Hill if that holds up with both of them in the same region. And um, I am I like that. I like that they're in the same region. They may not. But. <laughs> I, I think it's fantastic. Um, looking at Class Two and Region Five, Cascade, Forest, Loretto, Mount Pleasant, Richland, and Summertown. That's quite a change with Richland and Mount Pleasant both coming up. That is, that's wild. Yeah. With Loretto and Summertown. So now Summertown Mount Pleasant gets a little juice too. Oh, yeah. And uh, not that they need it anymore, but it only, you know, it only gets better from there. This uh, one region that I think is interesting is Region 5, Gay, Mm-hmm. Is uh, East Nashville, Jackson County, Maplewood, Smith County, and Stratford, but there's only five teams. So, so four or five going to the playoffs now. Yes, that's that's going to be an interesting, uh, especially when you consider that Region Six uh, has seven teams. So, I feel like it's Cheatham County, County, Sycamore, Waverly, White House Heritage, and White House. I feel like maybe somebody could have went to Region Five. But I don't think so. Somebody could have went to Region 5. All of these in Region 6 are west of Nashville. So, I mean, I don't know who you – I mean, I guess you conceivably have kicked Cheatham County east with um, with East Nashville, Maplewood, Stratford, and then Jack. I mean, I understand, but but it's still a five-team and a seven-team. It kind of goes on now. That will be a discussion at the board of control meeting. I'm sure. I bet it will. I yeah. bet it will. Two ad, you know, two adjacent regions, one with five teams and one with seven teams. How could you not achieve six and six <laughs> out of that bunch? <laughs> There's got to be some way to yeah. do this. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens.
And, and and I tell you what, if it does happen, money would be on Cheatham County being the team. So yeah, look out for that or Fairview. See, I because Fairview they're right too, there on I four basically and getting in and getting across. That that was my thought was they could go eight forty or I forty depending on which mm-hmm. where they're going. Right. Um. That that will be worth keeping an eye on. So there you go. Uh, really. Really interesting proposals. We'll put it that way. And go down to six A. I mean, for a second, because I want to see where Shelbyville went. Uh, Here's Shelbyville is in the eastern side with Coffee County, Cookville, Lebanon, and Warren County. I tell you, wow, Warren County, Warren County, and Cookville getting and Coffee County getting out of the Rutherford County region, and Rutherford County got their got their own region. This year, with essentially, Black, with well, with everybody except um, Smyrna and Laverne. So, Region Four is proposed as Blackman, Oakland, Riverdale, Rockvale, C, and Stewart's Creek. Dixon County in with Smyrna. Dixon County will have to drive through the entire Region Seven to play all of their region games, and they will be fine <laughs> with it. And they will be fine. That's the truth. Because the alternative is playing. The Williamson County Schools. And you don't want to do that. Brentwood, Centennial, Franklin, Indy, Ravenwood, and Summit. So there you go. That's uh, This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be. And, again, these are proposed. Yeah, these are not. These These are not set set in stone, and they will likely change. So. I will be excited to see how they change, though. So. Oh, here you go. Check this out. Oh, no. Division 2. Division 2A. They went to three regions. They went to East Middle West, which had been proposed by some folks. And the middle region is Clarksville Academy, Columbia Academy, Donaldson Christian, which had been playing East, Grace Christian out of Franklin, Mount Juliet Christian, and Nashville Christian. So That's a got, good region. That is a good region. And they've got one, two, three, four, five, six schools instead of the nine that they had, which kind of frees them up a little bit. Um, from a scheduling standpoint, right. because yeah. when you had um, eight, when you had eight region games, and you were going to Jackson slash Fitz for half of those, that that made it kind of tough. So that, they will have five region games now, and that'll open up some non-region matchups for them as well. All right, we will talk more about this. Mm-hmm. No doubt, we can talk more about this. When we come back, though, we're going to talk to Luke Willoughby on the other side of a break. He is the DeKalb County Tigers play-by-play guy on uh, radio. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about their team and what Spring Hill may expect when they travel to Smithville tomorrow night. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? 
Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Young, joined by Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant. We are having a really good time looking at uh, these proposed region alignments, which we absolutely love. It's uh, This is the kind of thing that you really get excited about during. It's intriguing, and it's fun to see you know the new alignments and that kind of thing and, and the new um, proposed rivalries. And what I like about this one in particular is it's only a two-year yeah. Um, classification period. They typically do it for four, but I think there were some concerns about, you know, just how, I don't know if accurate is the right word, but the numbers from, um, in light of the COVID situation and everything, there was a concern there. So I, th- I think they didn't necessarily want to be pinned down for a four-year period to that. Region four. Uh, which means they would be on the other side of the bracket. Now this is um, this uh, is football. Yes, than what? Because uh, now Marshall County and Lawrence County are going, are going to west, yeah, the west side. So they would be on the other side of this bracket with Cumberland County, Livingston Academy, Macon County, Stonewall, Upperman. So Upperman comes up. Upperman, and I'm not. Is Stonewall the rest of that, that is the rest of that is Region Three: Cumberland County, DeKalb County, Livingston, Macon, and gotcha. Stone Memorial. That is Region add 3. They Upperman. added Upperman, but apparently they had an influx of teams into 4, and so every, some people had to slide A couple west. of people moving up probably mm. had something to do with that. Most likely. But uh, we will talk to Luke Willoughby. We're having some technical difficulties right this second, but we'll get to him on the line in just a few minutes. Um we want to talk about the situation and how it came about. How did DeKalb County go from not being able to play to getting a chance to play? Right, right. That's a and you know we talked to Ben Martin yesterday, Spring Hill coach, and you know you want to be able to play this game, but at the same time your kids are like, you know, we're we're in the we're in the second round of the playoffs, and now all of a sudden we actually got to play somebody. I mean that's um. It's a it's a different mindset, obviously, and so, um, like you said, the opportunity to to chat with Luke about how all this came about from from being out of the bracket to being in the bracket, and you know, as the number one seed, you know, it um, it's kind of a different dynamic, obviously, for everyone involved. So again, this is a this is a game that we were not expecting to cover. <laughs> now you get to go to Smith. Are you? Are you? T- are, here's the question: mm-hmm. Are you going to spend the weekend on the lake, or what's up? <laughs> I wish I could. I've I've got to be back down here Saturday for some personal matters, but um, but that sounds nice. A weekend on the lake. A weekend on the lake in Smithville. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, the only nice thing. Cer- certainly seems to be a common occurrence for a lot of folks. But yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta probably get with Luke 
offline here and or maybe online and figure out um a little pregame action. That that's that's exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Um it's funny that you say that because, you know, Friday night bites has been a big part of this season for me and I'm really excited. Uh Laverne is going to be they're going to propose a challenge in finding a finding the spot that you want to go to. I mm-hmm. expect there's plenty of great places over there to eat as well. So but local, local, local spots. Got to be local. Yeah. That's yeah. the that's the whole point. We like local. I mean, we like stuff that we can't get readily just anywhere. So, so local stuff is good. Let's let, let's move and and talk about that Lauren Independence game because that's a game that, you know, we are expecting Independence to win fairly handily. Well, I think the phrase you used was boat race. I, I yes, I've used it twice now. I, I expect this game to be well in hand. This Independence defense is really something special. Uh it it's it's one we've talked about all year. Outside of last week, and it really wasn't didn't play bad last week. I mean, you're talking about independence. Well, right? You're talking about Ravenwood. So I, I, I think the bigger, I think Scott Blade's bigger concern was, you know, some inabilities to get off the field at times, and some some uncharacteristic penalties that they drew that that extended drives and that kind of thing. So can't help them. That's what you can't do on Friday night in the playoffs, especially. Absolutely, you, you can't help your opponent. Uh, for the last three, maybe four years, I don't know exactly how long we've had. Uh, you know, we've had Independence be the three seed, and they go over to the two seed, which has typically been Smyrna, right? Uh, and get a win. So you know, it's not uncharacteristic for this to happen for Independence win. It typically has hasn't been super close uh, mm-hmm. in those games. That being said, they haven't played Laverne yet. Uh, I haven't seen them play them anyway. Laverne coming off a pretty tough loss, pretty well handled them. I am um, an interesting side, I guess. Mike Woodward is the first-year coach over at Laverne. He was a former head coach at Brentwood, so he's got a little familiarity with independence, with this region, and um, I think it'll be interesting just to see if if he kind of um, falls back on some prior knowledge or anything like that going into this matchup. Yeah, I don't know how much I don't know how much you can prepare for this independence team like you've prepared for others. Though. That's We've a good point. That. That's a good point. Hey, I'm just not sure. But this is a game that we're we're really excited. We'll be there. We'll uh I'll be there along with Sarah. She'll be taking pictures and We'll have a photo gallery up and a full story on Friday night, of course. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter for live updates as well. And, of course, it's on the Dash 2 Sports Network. There we go. And it's never, you know, if you can't hear it or if you can't be there, you can always hear it on Dash 2 Sports. So make sure to do that. We're going to take a quick break. We do have Luke on the line. So when we come back from a break, we're going to get Luke Willoughby, the voice of the DeKalb County Tigers, on the line. And we will talk with him about their matchup with Spring Hill on Friday night. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.
If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It's uh, It's been a day, the Mondayest Thursday ever thus far, <laughs> but that's okay. We are... Good to go now. This The next hour and 20 minutes is going to be the best hour and 20 minutes in SM-TN Sports Today history because we're going to start it with the voice of the DeKalb County Tigers, Luke Willoughby. <laughs> Luke Willoughby with WJLE 1017 hey, FM out of Smithville. Look, you're you're still on 1017. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. You talk about an intro and the pressure. Well, thank you all for having me. Really appreciate being here. Well, Luke, um, we appreciate you. You reached out to us earlier in the week looking for a little information on Spring Hill, specifically our roster. And um, we exchanged some info and that kind of thing. And, and you brought us up to speed on your team. Um, Axel Andino is kind of the um, the straw that stirs y'all's drink, I guess. Talk a little bit about this senior quarterback who um, has put up some pretty big numbers. Well, uh, he leads the team in rushing. I'm actually at Summer County Courthouse. I'm an attorney by uh, during the day. Um, and so I left his stat sheet at home. But he is exactly what you said. He's the one who stirs the drink in DeKalb County. He um, is going to be a person who is going to have some direct runs called from the shotgun. Um, almost 98% of DeKalb County's offense is from the shotgun. But he is going to be what is going to make make the make the rushing game go for DeKalb County, and how he does it is by his guard center triangle. He has a great lead blocker in the center in Peyton Leaf. If you look at them, whenever DeKalb County runs, Leaf gets that ball to the quarterback, and he's making a hit on somebody. And then he has two guys who are three hundred pounds: Diego Coronado and then Brian Pio. Um, who are right beside the center who give him a real good cylinder to work through, which has given a lot of teams problems in trying to jam up the rushing game, a big reason why he's had some success. Um, probably the big thing about Axel in the passing game is you don't have to roll him out to get a completion. You know, a lot of high school quarterbacks, if they're going to complete a big pass downfield, they have to roll out. He can actually go back in the pocket and let it fly, um, mainly because he, he he has a decent arm, but he has three really good receivers. Um, and uh, Desmond Noakes, who's his go-to guy, who, as you all know, by watching high school football, every small town sort of has that, that one guy who you look at him and think, well, he's just kind of a run. And they play so much bigger than what they are. And he is that player for the 
Jeff County. He leads them in receiving and also touchdowns. Um, and so there's a lot of excitement about Friday night. We're ready to go. Aldina, 2,500. 2,567 total yards, 31 total TDs. Um, Desmond Noakes, 665 uh, receiving yards, 10 touchdowns. And then Isaac Knowles and Trevante Alexander with four receiving touchdowns each. All three of those guys have 25-plus receptions. And this is um, pretty typical for a Steve Trapp offense. He has been as big a disciple of the the spread four-wide type of team as as there's been probably in Middle Tennessee over the last ten years or so, and and so this is um this is not anything new for DeKalb County, I guess. Is that right, Luke? That's very true. Which I still think is when getting to Jeff playing things you're not used to playing. I think that's kind of uh, you know I still think high school football is a running game and everyone's slinging it around compared to what they used to. But you're exactly right, Mike. Look back to the history of DeKalb County. It started, the, his spread offense started about the 2008-2009 season. He had a young quarterback, which is like DeKalb County version of Peyton Manning um, in terms of how he's viewed. Um, and after that, that spread offense just took, sort of took fire. Um, and that's what he's been able to do. He's had some good quarterbacks, but he, uh, you're exactly right. He's really one of the first people in the Upper Cumberland to really to start doing it, and it's paid off for him. Now, um, this season's been different um, with COVID and everything, so I, I think if, you know, it's hard to throw the ball in the cold, that's what's always been said, but hopefully uh, DeKalb County will be able to sling it around a few more games this year. Luke Willoughby. Uh, the voice of the DeKalb County Tigers joining us here on this uh, fine Thursday morning. Luke, you talked about the excitement for Friday night. Tell us how this game came to be when we all thought your season was over. Well, this is a very controversial subject. (laughs) That's why we're asking you. We want the truth. So here's what happened. Anything I know is um, there was an alleged someone may have been exposed to COVID. Um, there was um, some dispute about the contact tracing. Um, and so what happened was school leadership said, hey, you know, as of right now, um, we want to take the most precautions possible. We're just shutting everything down and we're going to look. There wasn't anyone throwing fits. You know, Coach Trapp even came out and said, um, we're not going to throw fits. We're not going to, you know, say this is unfair um, because there's so many kids in the spring that didn't even get to have a seat. Um, we're not going, you know, not taking this for granted. Um, and the school board said, well, how exactly are we determining our contact tracing? Was this person who may have been exposed to COVID did they really get around the players? And after doing an investigation, um, it was determined that, hey, um, these players, that there was not much exposure, if any, at all. And so the players, and so, of course, they kind of keep a little net for HIPAA reasons. Um, that's what happened. The school board got to go to the director of schools and said, 
Well, now that we've had time to look at everything, um, we're going to – we can see where we don't have to shift the entire thing. So, can I – why would you not have done that on the front end, or is that just too simple? Well, I think we, we – I think hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, I, I think part of it is this, is that – Let's be honest, CSSAA um, doesn't always help our schools. And I think really is, from a school administrator standpoint, you are wanting to do what's best for kids and also play by the rules. CSSAA kind of came out and, and, and gave sort of a, a difference of opinion if you look at sort of what their leader said. Um, I think it would have been simpler to do that, but I think it was um, wanting to make sure that everything was looked at from a standpoint, because here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to say, oh, we have nothing to worry about. We're just going to play with COVID anyway. Hmm. I think the Jack County would to gather all the facts, um, and if the season was over, it was over. Once they gather all the facts, they're going to make a decision. But I, I do think, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. Murray, I like to do it that way probably would have been the best, but it didn't happen. You just got to move on. I do think that the the thought process through the TWSAA of setting the bracket based on the regions and, you know, or based on Friday night's results kind of helped you guys continue, even though you got the, you got the word at 3.30 on Friday – it was an it was good in the fact that you didn't have to worry about whether or not you were going to be in that bracket. You were going to be in there, so if you can play, you can play. If you can't, you can. Oh, that's very true. It's, that's very true. It's um, been a it's been a roller coaster for everybody, no question. This will be the first time that Spring Hill has played in three weeks. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah. What have you all when in you and your um. Pre-game prep, I guess, Luke. What is um what is the impression of the DeKalb County coaching staff regarding Spring Hill? Well, uh, to be honest with you, because of COVID, I haven't really gotten to speak with uh, Coach Trapp, my broadcasting partner, who actually is the, is the play-by-play guy. He works with Coach Trapp, and he's actually be the one probably you need to ask on that. But I think when you look at Spring Hill, um, from what I've seen, they are not a team that is just going to throw the ball one or two times a game. They're, I, I think they, they seem like they are somewhat balanced. I do think they run the ball a little bit more than what they throw it. Uh, on defense, I think if you're DeKalb County, you're just saying let's execute. Um, or on the offensive side of the ball for DeKalb County, I think you're really since DeKalb County hasn't played down two weeks, three hasn't played in three, it's more of not what the other team does. It's still execute what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, Mo, you remember a basketball coach I know by Campbell Brand. Um, <laughs> and, and that's sometimes what we, when you're asking, you know, how are you going to adjust it to what we do? I'm not going to think exactly what Coach Brandon would say, but he, he came down to just execute your game plan and you're going to be successful. And I think that's what, if you're the catch guy, that's what you're telling your guy. He has do what we do best, do your job, and the scoreboard should reflect a good result. And, you know, um, 
there there is value in that as um Campbell Brandon exhibited over the long course of his career. I, I did not expect to be discussing Coach Brandon on these <laughs> airwaves, but I certainly don't mind doing so. Um definitely a legend over that way and beyond. So um oh, yes, sir. R- really appreciate you invoking his name, Luke. We are speaking <laughs> with um Luke Willoughby, the the color analyst for DeKalb County football on WJLE FM 101.7. If that sounds familiar, that's also our frequency. AM 1480. <laughs> um as you said, Luke, it's been a little bit of a different season this year. Um Besides the fact that you guys have not played in in two weeks, you come in relatively hot. Uh, five game win streak to to basically close the season. Um, Got to feel pretty good about the way you guys have played here over the last little bit after a one and three start. I guess. Well, it's the uh, well, let's look at the first part of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Warren County. They have the greatest team they've had forever. Um, have the best player I think we're going to see that we're going to play in, in CJ. Um, the next game you have is Upperman. Upperman once again has had a really good year, and Watertown has had a really good year. After that, I'm not taking away anything from the teams that we've beaten, but there is definitely a talent gap um, between those three schools and the rest of our schedule. And, and truth be told, I, I would say if Warren County was, was playing in 4A, they would be very far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the real deal is this: the uh, Cap K does have a lot of momentum this week. They're playing better what they were playing in the first year, but uh, part of that it does have to come with the talent gap um, in between the teams that the Cap K between the teams that they've lost to. What I think the most important thing about the Cap in terms of momentum is they were able to close out a game against Bacon County two weeks ago with their first ever region championship. Um, these the Cap County all their fifty years has never been the one seed in the playoffs. Has never been a region champion, um, and, and so I think that probably gives them a little bit of confidence. But you all know um, the region Springs Hill is it has much greater advantage than the region that the Cap County is in mm-hmm. um, in terms of just history. I mean, I'm not taking any away from certain regions. But just history tells us that you now last year both the the, the higher seeds won, but the history tells us it's typically a, a three one, uh, even sometimes a four zero. So I I think when you look into this, you kind of got to take records uh, out of it because look, Spring Hill played Nolensville close. They played Marshall County close. Um, I don't think they got to play Tullahoma. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Man. No, you're correct. Um, and, and so it, it, to me, looks like it set up to be a really competitive game um, come Friday night. That's what we expect, certainly. Um, what also what, what Mo also expects is to get a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and that's where you come when in. You go to high school sports, go to number one, uh, and eat good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I will tell you this, for anyone who's coming up to the game, uh, the place I would go is uh, a Kilgore's restaurant. It's right on Highway 70. Uh, it's coming up. Um, and they have the best fried chicken in, in Smithville. Um, and actually, the owner, John Kilgore, he's serves the backup quarterback on the team. So 
uh, whenever his son goes in, we call him chicken off stick uh, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's the, 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 the menu item that Kilgore's is known for. Um, but no, it's uh, that's where I was going to you know. How close is that to um, to the stadium? Just out of curiosity. I would say about a three-minute drive. <laughs> Perfect. Like yes, sir. <laughs> okay. All right, Kilgore's, huh? Yes, sir. All right. I got you. I got you. I appreciate the um, the pregame scouting report, both on the team and the meal. On the meal, <laughs> not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really well, appreciate your time today. Thank you all for having me. It's an honor to, uh, you know, I, I love being able to cover high school sports, but when you have people like you all, um, y'all are rock stars in the high school sports world, and um, what y'all do to highlight kids in youth is something that is uh, oftentimes goes uh, for granted. So thank y'all for what you do. And, and Mo, is going to step on me up at the press box come say hi. I'll do it, man. And thank you for hanging with us through some some difficulties, man. We really hey, appreciate that. And, and hopefully things go well for you this morning at the Sumner County Courthouse. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I hope so, too. Thanks so much. All right, then. There it is. That's Luke Willoughby, and uh, he's telling us that DeKalb County's going to throw it around. Well, we kind of knew that, mm-hmm. um, but I did not know how uh, how good their 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 blocking scheme was behind that center. Well, really excited to see how how the middle of that line holds up against Spring Hill's against defensive it, line. Well, it, well, with those two three hundred pounders up there, I'm kind of. Uh, <laughs> Interested to see how Spring Hill holds up against them, but um, that's tough. Some, you know, for four A, that's some that's some pretty good size up there. That's what you like to see if you are uh, if you are behind them, yeah, as a running back or quarterback. You <laughs> and being able to stand in that pocket and deliver a strike is well, it's ideal. I think um, Spring secondary though is going to be up for that well it's a the the problem is that if he's able to sit back there all day it won't matter how good the secondary is um so that was luke will be once again he'll uh he'll be the color analyst for DeKalb county on friday night as they take on and host spring mm-hmm. it appears that uh, we have secured another radio voice the Gallatin play-by-play uh, voice, Greg Arias, mm-hmm. will join us in the 10 o'clock hour. So really excited about that. And we will continue to talk about high school football playoffs on the other side of the top of the hour. Uh, again, we have Independence uh, traveling to Laverne this week. Spring Hill going up to DeKalb County. We have, of course, Columbia Central going to Gallatin. And then... A lot of folks traveling. Summit not traveling exactly they will be at home uh, and they will host hillwood so we'll talk about probably the summit game when we come back on the other side of the top of the hour this is southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, 
custom stone handlers, covenant technology, by design cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow, along with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant on the controls. It is Thursday, November 5th, and high school playoffs are beginning tomorrow night. Uh, There there aren't any games tonight, are there? Not that I'm aware of. Certainly not in our area. There may be some either east or west, but yeah. I, uh, sometimes you get weird Thursday nights, but typically in the playoffs, it's Friday. Well, a lot of times, uh, sometimes it's because of weather. Right. I don't, well, sometimes it's <laughs> we all know why. There's weather. The weather guy coaches. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not aware of any Thursday night games tonight. Before we get back into the playoffs, though. I want to revisit this um, new classification, these new region assignments, because I just got a look at Region 4-3A as proposed. And this may mean as much to you since you're not from here. But Jock County is in Region 4 along with Community and Unionville, Which Cannon is- County, what? Grundy County, and Sequatchie County. I'm sorry. I mean, so basically what you're saying is Class 3A is spread out. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, because, again, um, we talked about, um, we it may have been off the air, we talked about Region 5 with East Nashville, Jackson County, Maple right. County, and Stratford, five-team region, and then. That's, a, that's something that Giles County would was, was typically in, right? And, and so Region 6 is. Cheatham County, Fairview, Stewart County, Sycamore, Waverly, White House Heritage, and White House. So you've got a five-team region and a seven-team region adjacent to each other. Interesting to see if somebody suggests either Cheatham County or Fairview playing into five at this um, Board of Control meeting. So It's certainly going to be um, a challenge. What do find interesting is that, you know, there are a class one A schools. By the way, I, I'm I'm just surprised that, you know, Collinwood, Cornersville, Eagle, Fayetteville, Huntland, Moore County, Wayne County. Well, I tell you, Eagleville has been a two A school for the last while. Right. But as I was on my way from Murfreesboro to Eagleville two Fridays ago, um. Drove past Rockvale, and I feel like Rockvale probably took some kids from Eagleville that dropped their drop down to one A for this um, for this next classification period. Yeah, I can sure see that. Absolutely, um, gonna be gonna be a lot of fun to watch these uh, these regions play out, depending on how they show up. Here's what's crazy. Um, in Region 5-4A for football, you've got 
That's a that, that's an eight team region. That's nine, a team. nine team region. Jeez. You've got Creekwood, Glencliff, Greenbrier, Hillwood, Lawrence County, Marshall County, Montgomery Central, Pearl Cone, and Tullahoma. So basically you There's got, no way around that though. There's really not. But you've got basically every four A team in Middle Tennessee that is not up on the um Cumberland Plateau. Can you imagine Tullahoma? Pearl Cone, Marshall County. Goodness yeah. gracious. I mean, who's, who's, as Larry Bird would say, who's going to play for fourth? Yeah. I mean, that, that who's going to play for fourth? That question. I mean, my goodness. And, you know, the plus and the minus of that, again, is in a nine-team region, you've got eight games already scheduled. Yeah, you don't have to – you don't, you know, coaches gripe it all the time about we can't get game. Find nobody to play us. Well, well you ain't got to worry you, about that's it. That. And it's probably a good thing for Tullahoma after this year, because ain't nobody gonna want to play them after this one. And and it might be a good thing for Pearl Cone as well. Man, although there are some games, some some metro games that they do like to play for gates in a typical season. In, in a not pandemic season. Yeah, when, when there are gates. Yeah, when there are gates to be played for. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly a. Um, it's it's fascinating. It's going to continue to be fascinating, and we can talk more about it later. We, we probably we should, need to get back to the playoffs, but that was just something that jumped out at me as I was scanning this. Man. Yes, we do need to get back to the playoffs because uh, Summit hosts Hillwood on Friday night, and we were going to have our friend. From these airways, 101.7, Matt Rogers join us today. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's off hanging out with Von Miller out in Dallas. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little salty about. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad at all about it. No, um, no I'm, I'm a little salty. I've been thrown over for Von Miller. Who, who even is Von Miller? Who Who's even, that guy? Who, who, yeah, <laughs> some, some big time in us for Von. Yeah, Miller. yeah. Um, Bust him on that one. We see him, but anyway, um, I'm fascinated by the Summit game for the fact that they've only played once since the end of September, and so, I mean, do they wear do they do they wear name tags yeah. tomorrow night? Hi, my name. Hi, is. my name is. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what approach they take offensively. I think. I mean, you just kind of ease back into this and let. Destin either run it or hand it off, you know, 30, 40 times? Do you try to work on your passing game? What, What is the approach against a team that comes in at 3-2? and two, um, Didn't start its season until October and uh, lost its last two games to Hillsborough and Beach by 65 points. Fined. Yeah. I, I think – this is a game it's a game where you have to just do what you do, right? Your summit, you you try to establish a running game and you use that to give Destin some time in the pocket, roll him out if you need to, let him run the ball. Unfortunately, he will not have his brother for the rest of the season. Keaton Wade is out for the year. His foot is just simply not healing, according to coach Brian Coleman. So Unfortunately, you will will not see Keaton Wade on the football field during his junior year. His only uh, playing time, he caught a touchdown pass, touch he had. 
down at Franklin County when they won 33-9 despite three Destin Wade interceptions in their first time back on the field in like three weeks. So that's right. that's my concern. That's the I concern. mean, you, you got to um, – I think I think if later in the year, then you've got to throw it some on Friday night just to let Destin and those receivers try to get their time, get some back. time in and, and rhythm and that kind of thing. But, you know, you don't want to throw a couple of picks early against this Hillwood team and, and give them some momentum. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe you try to get out to a lead. Then throw it, then which, throw is, it. which is usually the opposite, <laughs> right? Typically the opposite. You don't want to – you want to get a lead and then run the ball. But this is kind of a scrimmage, uh, you know, mindset. Mm-hmm. We've got to work on what we do in in a live game situation. Yeah. No matter what the outcome, we have to do it. And, and, and if you've got – the aspirations of making a deep run that a team coming off of a state runner-up finish typically would have should have yeah then then yeah you've got to you got to take all of that into consideration and I'm sure that Brian Coleman and his coaching staff have and I just I think it's going to be interesting to see what their approach to this game is specifically. I'm not sure, but they are close to 100% healthy. They do not. With, with one notable with exception. With one notable exception. Uh, as as far as any COVID cases are concerned, anything like that, he said they've kept kids in glass boxes in school. Uh, and I think he's, I don't think that's hyperbole. I think he's legit like we've put them in in boxes. And you know what? That's a genius idea. You know, if you've got if you've got five kids who play on the football team in one classroom, you can put a box around five kids. They're already around each other all day anyway. So, talk about limiting contact tracing. That's smart. Brian Coleman is a gaming. He's he's a gamester. He really is. He he's going to game the Brian system Coleman, any way he can. Brian Coleman out playing chess while the rest <laughs> of us playing checkers. He's playing. Yeah, we're we're, we're out here. Not even playing checkers. We're we're just uh, putting the pieces on the board over at Cracker Barrel or something. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, that's smart. I, you, and that's what I've been saying all year long. Well, and he's isolate been, your kids, whatever it takes. And he's seen folks falling all around him. I mean, again, they've played one game in the October. That's insane. And uh, and that was early October. Yeah. So the the. The difference between offense and defense is going to be pretty – I think this this Summit defense is going to be able to kind of have their way with Hillwood. I mean, even if they just play base, they're just going to be more athletic, stronger, bigger, faster, uh, even without Keaton. Now, apparently Hillwood does have a quarterback, Cam Davis, who transferred in from White's Creek in two years at White's Creek. He threw for 3,600 yards and 26 touchdowns. So, he's got a little talent there. Got around him, kind of hard to say. Yeah, we just and, don't know. Yeah. Now, if if he can throw the ball and, and stretch the field, it, it certainly gives you know gives them an opportunity to you know make big plays and create some that, And that may be what Hillwood has to do is make some plays against defense because sustained, sustained drives, drives probably isn't going to be 
the way they win this ball game. You're exactly right. That that's exactly right. And so region five and region six is I don't I don't know what you call this. What what are we calling it? Sub state sectional. <laughs> um the the first the first three rounds just got a lot more interesting with yeah. the news of Keaton Wade being out. And you hate to hear that, man. Especially not just for you know him, but the seniors on that team who who could certainly use his you know his help getting to a, another deep run. But it's going to be a uh, that that this whole out of the bracket just uh, just just turned up real interesting. Yeah, yeah, and that. That Summit Beach game that a lot of people look forward to in the quarterfinals just got real interesting as well. That's if it if it gets to that. If it gets to that, and that's what we expect, I I will be very interested in watching that. Yeah. Now, that being said, we we'll see. You know, Columbia and Gallatin. We'll kind of see a little bit about. Mm-hmm. How good is this region? Well, we'll find out in that game, mm-hmm. certainly. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, again, Columbia went on the road last year as a number four seed and led Beach three to nothing, led him for most of the game, gave up a um, long touchdown run in the fourth quarter, wound up losing 6 3, and that was the only loss for Region 5 5A in that opening round. And so. I don't think and, they'll have as much trouble this week. You don't think Beach will have as yeah. much trouble? I, <laughs> I mean, Lincoln County just handed their pads back, back out. Back out. So. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a tough situation, I think, for Lincoln County and, and a first-year coach. But I tell you, Parker Webb could give, give Beach some problems. And pretty nice little – Dual threat quarterback there. He's a great I w- quarterback. I would say Fal- I'd, I'd say the Falcons rest hopes will rest on him and his ability to make plays. There's no question there. Their, their entire season, every game has rested on. You know they get they go the way Parker Webb goes. And yeah. If he has a good game, they've got a shot to win. Absolutely. Uh, we'll talk about Columbia Central in just a few minutes, but uh, other the the other region five. Region mm-hmm. 6 matchup with Page. Uh, they host Hillsborough, and that's a tough matchup. It's not really – I mean, Hillsborough being three seeds is not unusual because that region is so difficult. Mm-hmm. But that's a tough matchup for a for, for two, number two seed, Page. Exactly. I, I don't think as the number two seed you expect to host a team like a Hillsborough, which – has got athletes all over the field. A great coach in Maurice Fitzgerald's been doing it for a long time. He's won a uh, state championship over at Pearl Cone. Um, and Hillsborough is a team and a program had to deal with a lot aside from COVID. They've got connection going on on their campus. They have not played a home game right on their home field in two years. Right, they've been playing at Overton and in, in the else. hole at TSU and and the hole Hale Stadium, um, affectionately called <laughs> because it's, when it's when team, well, when, well, when teams playing TSU, they'd go in there and they wouldn't come out, you know. Right. But um, anyway, um, 
that's a tough situation that they've had to deal with, and I'm sure that's going to be frustrating for them. But this is a good ball club, and if Paige isn't careful, the fact that they're playing at home won't mean a whole lot. In fact, the you know, with, is, with, with Metro not letting fans in, it'll be interesting to see how many Hillsborough fans wind up at this ball game. It's true. It, that is one interesting aspect of this, though, is that how how much improved Paige has been in the back half of this year. Mm-hmm. That just goes to show how well coached they are. Yeah, I, I think um, Charles Rathbone has kind of under wraps done a great job for a long time, and this team graduated a lot of people from last year's um, region championship team, and, and they, they've kind of reloaded behind a young quarterback and, and some unheralded receivers, and they're going to throw it around that kind of short control passing game, but they are guys on the receiving end that can take a short pass and turn it into a big play, as we saw against them, Columbia Central a few weeks ago. Yes, absolutely. So there it is. The Region 5, Region 6 playoffs will be Summit hosting Hillwood, Page hosting Hillsboro, Columbia Central will travel to Gallatin, and Beach will host Lincoln County. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that Columbia Central-Gallatin game as we have uh, Greg Arias. Greg Arias. I almost called him Gary. No, no, Greg. Arias got me. The mm. G in the area. I was like, Gary Arias? That would be a really cool <laughs> Gary name. Gary Arias? That'd that, be a really cool name, but it's not. Maybe we can get it in just name when we come back. <laughs> it's Greg Arias. He is the voice of the Galaxy Green Wave, and he will join us on the other side of a break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Back into Southern Middle Tennessee, Tennessee Bone and Joint, 26 minutes past the end of 10 o'clock here on WKM 1017 FM. As for tuning in, it is high school football playoff preview day, and we are excited about Friday night more so than I have been in the past because we didn't know if we were ever going to get here. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's a point that gets long. Um, Luke Willoughby, the color analyst for DeKalb County Football, kind of spoke to that earlier this morning. 
when discussing their situation and how they weren't going to complain if they yeah. didn't get to play in the playoffs because at least we, at least we got games. a season. And, and talking about the spring sports athletes from this past year that didn't. So it's it's not to be taken for granted. And, you know, again, as, as we spoke to Bernard Childress late in the summer and that kind of thing, this was certainly a touch-and-go situation. And so the fact that we are sitting here 36 hours from state playoff games is it's it's pretty commendable it I is think. for everyone involved we you know we talked about the numbers last week about how many games have been canceled and rescheduled and whatnot and really it's not a it's an absolute feather in the cap of everybody the TWSAA the school administrators the school boards who worked very diligently to make sure that these kids had an opportunity to play fall sports, not just football. Mm -hmm. We're talking cross-country running state championships this morning. Uh, We're talking we've had all state championships indoors, by the way. A little different, but not. Well, we're going to find out how different here in a few weeks. We will. But but um, golf has crowned state champions. Girls soccer soccer has. So. Yeah, they they have had a great fall season, and while keeping the participants as safe as possible under the circumstances. Absolutely, and in five weeks we will hopefully crown eight, nine, nine, nine. state champions, which is about five. Uh, minutes, but. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a month, uh, but they will start on Friday night with round one of the playoffs, and locally. Columbia Central will travel up to Gallatin, and joining us now to talk about the game is Gallatin Green Wave play-by-play analyst, HIN 100.7 FM and 14, no, no, no. no 10, 10, 10 AM. AM. Close. Yeah, you know, <laughs> off by 400, no big deal. Um. Greg Arias joins us. Greg, thanks for, for coming on. Well, gentlemen, for asking me, and I agree with everything you said in regards to the PWSAA and how they've been able to manage this situation. None of us knew what we were doing and get us to this point. Hopefully everything works out for the next five weeks to be able to, to get through that as well. You know, it. I'm waiting for someone to not be able to play in a subsequent – subsequent round of the playoffs because of COVID. I, I just think we've had too many of those type of occurrences during the regular season for it to suddenly go away for the playoffs. And it's really going to be unfortunate when it does occur, Greg. But, um, you know, everybody is in place to play this Columbia Central Gallatin game tomorrow night. And one thing that people need to be aware of if they're not already – Gallatin does not play its home games at Gallatin High School. So if you are setting your GPS, don't set it for Dan Heron Drive. You'll get there and you'll be disappointed. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, you know, there was a push several years ago, and I know, Maurice, you've been around a long time, and I remember Coach Short's days. He tried to get the stadium moved to the high school when he was still head coach, and the uh, citizens would have nothing to do with it because – 
the current field where Gallatin plays, this is the third season that they've played on it. So a lot of history there. And it is across town over by Sumner Regional Hospital on Doug Sutter Drive. So yes, definitely. For anybody from Columbia coming up here, the high school was the wrong place. You'll be trying to figure out where to go from there. So you're telling me that Calvin Short tried to get something done and didn't in Gallatin? Oh, absolutely. That's the one thing that Calvin Short never accomplished in his time <laughs> as head coach at Gallatin that he sincerely tried to do was having the stadium move from its location up to the high school. There's and there's an area there that was initially built for stadium to have gotten there at some point in time. And uh, people just absolutely protested beyond belief, even to coach short for that. He suggested doing that. So it fell short, but I can tell you what, he still got the plans he had drawn up at his house. Uh, I know this because I've seen him about three months ago when I was over there, he still got them. I'll tell you what, my guess is the wrong person was heading that campaign because if it had been Miss Marie and Coach Short, they'd have probably got it done. Well, that's true, too, and she'll <laughs> tell him that. And to this day, she'll tell him that. If you let me do it, it'll work. <laughs> I, I will say there is something to be about playing on a field that's 103 years old. That's pretty cool. Certainly it is. Again, there's a lot of history, and obviously – Short won all three of his state championships there, and then the three times that they were runners up uh, with him as the head coach all came off that field. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. To Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, sorry about the uh, technical difficulties this morning, but that's okay. We're just going to keep rolling and welcome back in Greg Arias of WHIN, voice of the Gallatin Green Wave, and they host... The Columbia Central Lions on Friday night. Greg, um, kind of been a tale of two seasons for you guys, I guess. Um, some early success, um, some late struggles. What's your feel for this team coming into the playoffs? Well, you know, that's a great question. Uh, after a 9-1 and one regular season, they did lose in the first round last year to Summit. Expectations were pretty high. And got off to a good start winning the first three games in blowout fashion. And then kind of the skids, a six-game losing streak in which uh, some of the losses came to Collierville. And this is not to make excuses. It's mm-hmm. just the season that they had. Collierville, uh, the largest school in the state from down in Memphis, 6 IA came in here for a game. It was a replacement uh, for a COVID game with mm-hmm. uh, Hillsboro, which obviously you know, through no fault of theirs, Metro held their kids out for as long as they did. Uh, obviously, Mount Juliet was a game that they lost. Hendersonville, Henry County was a replacement game uh, that uh, they got for COVID school and dropped that one as well. And then, of course, the 
was the beach game, and those were pretty ugly blowouts. So I've said this to a few people, and certainly not to make excuses, everybody in the state and the nation has played under the same situation with the COVID and, and all of that. But I honestly think that Gallatin was perhaps impacted worse than other schools. And, and I'm, there's some that will be the same, I know. But uh, from the standpoint of what they lost the season ago, ship that they lost because their three best players all graduated and, and moved on and not having time in the spring uh, to kind of develop some new leaders. I think that's, of shown up throughout the course of this season that they've been looking for some kids to assume that role and none of them have really stepped up and done it and again I know other teams are in the similar situation but this is just speaking on the gallop in front of that and so I think that has caused some of the issues certainly some of the teams they played Henry County good Beach is very good Collierville very good and I understand Columbia is probably going to be pretty much there the offensive line may not be as big guys as we've seen in years past, but watching the film uh, that I've been able to see, you guys got some talent down there, and this is going to be a, a big, tough football game. Yeah, I certainly think that Columbia has has different talent levels than maybe in the past, and that's why this game could be – it could go either way. It's one of those – it's the perfect 2-3 matchup opinion it, it's even more so than maybe even page hills bro mm-hmm. uh, this is a, a matchup that that we expect will will be a close ball game a hard fought ball game do you feel like this gallanton team has what, what kind of what level of confidence do they have coming into this game especially after last year's playoff performance uh, against summit well, obviously, it's a totally different team than last year. And when I mentioned the three players that graduated, uh, the starting quarterback, the running back, who's now at the University of Las, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, and then uh, their best defensive player, their linebacker, James Mason, who's at TSU. Uh, so, uh, it's a different team in that sense. I think the confidence level is actually up a little bit. Granted, I, I understand Glenn Cliff and the situation those guys are in have all the respect in the world for their kids that they came in last week and comported themselves were nothing but gentlemen we had a, had a great time with passing and his staff getting to talk with them last week uh, but Gallatin got some good momentum as far as the game and at least feels better about themselves you know it's easier to feel somewhat better about yourself after a win than after a loss pretty much for anybody anywhere and so that was big for them last week to be able to get the game and, and to be able to get a lot of kids and people. And hopefully uh, getting a couple of guys back this week that had been injured, Jaron Neville's being one. He's a sophomore defense tackle. He was really having a good season through three games before he injured his knee. He'll return for the first time. He won't be in football shape, but at least having him back will add a little bit more depth to the defensive front. So, uh positive notes at least from the feelings here about this team going this game uh, from that standpoint you know it sounds like both these teams are going to be going to face personnel challenges greg uh, i know central will be without their junior defensive end antoine moore and safety late natty um antoine is in qu- in quarantine and and natty had hand surgery to repair a couple of fractures hand a couple of weeks ago but um it's it's been kind of a revolving door 
for both these teams. So it it sounds like, you know, neither of them really knows exactly what they're going to be bringing to the field. So that tends to make things a little mysterious for Friday night, I guess. Absolutely. I think that's key. And, in, uh, and you know, in talking in to Clayton uh, on the, your guys' uh, radio career, uh, exchanging information. He told me about the gentleman, the young man that's in the quarantine and then the safety. And, you know, those are big losses. Anytime a high school football team loses two starting players at any point in time, um, it's hard to replace in a lot of cases. Now, you can go to Oakland or maybe Maryville and they'll have a guy to slap in there and do the same thing. But for the most of the rest of the, the places, it, it's a little difficult. So, uh, I agree that I don't know exactly what we're going to get, but I think this is a very intriguing matchup uh, that a lot of people around the state probably will overlook because when you look at Columbia 5-5 five and five and Gallatin 4-6, and six, those aren't headline-grabbing numbers for a first-round matchup, but certainly uh, I think this may be one of the more competitive games we see on Friday night. I think you may be right. We're speaking with Greg Arias, the Gallatin play-by-play announcer for WHIN 100.7 FM, 1010 AM. You can also hear the Columbia Central broadcast with Lee Maddox and Clayton Harris, Mike's side, on 103.7 WKR, our sister station here. Um, pre-game will begin at 645 with JP's um, extravaganza prior to that. Um, it's, an, it's something. It's it, an extravaganza. It's for an sure. extravaganza. That's the best way I know to do, um, describe it. Um, Greg, as you look across the rest of this region, again, you being more familiar with Region Five, uh, Region Six Five A than we are, um, what do you think of these other three matchups? Obviously, um, Beach hosting Lincoln County, Hillsborough going to Page, and and Hillwood go to Summit. Well, I think. Beach and Summit win, and probably rather easily. That's not to discredit Hillwood or uh, Lincoln County, but just, and I haven't seen Lincoln County, obviously, but I just kind of feel like Summit and Beach are, you know, at the top of this thing and uh, will win those two games easily. I think, as I mentioned a moment ago, Columbia and Gallatin pretty much a toss up. And then when you get Hillsborough, I think think Hillsboro, from what I've been told, and I've not seen them, you guys may have seen them, but they gave Beach a, a heck of a battle, 14-7 game, and I'm told that bunch is really legit this year and, and could be a team that could make some noise. Again, I didn't see them. That was a COVID game we missed because uh, Hillsboro wasn't allowed to play when we were scheduled to see them, uh, but I, I kind of think that uh, it could be a 2-2 uh record between the two regions when we're all said and done with Beach and with uh, Summit winning, Gallatin-Columbia toss-up, and I'm going to say probably I Hillsboro uh, just because what I've been told about them, even though I haven't seen Paige and I may be uh, valuing what those kids are able to do. Certainly, I know that's a strong program, uh, but we're going to go Hillsboro, I think, in that just based on what I know, which is, is not a lot. Yeah, I- I think we're all kind of in that category. Because <laughs> you you don't know what you know who teams are going to have who's going to be out, who's quarantined, who's not quarantined. It's it twenty twenty is the most unique season we've ever had to deal with, 
what has been what has that been for your team? Like you, I heard you mention earlier, you had a lot of, and we actually went down the schedule yesterday, and I read off all that were on the schedule because it included the replacement games, and there were about fourteen teams on that schedule. What what has that been like for this team? Very similar, of course. Uh, we only played one region game with the Metro teams. We had two region games, and all were actually played, and that was Beach and Glencliff, and we saw those guys in week nine, game nine and game 10, it was week 10 and 11, but in the final two games, Beach and Glencliff were the games, so we missed out on Hillwood, Hills Lane, Hillsboro, and Hillwood, and then picking up, as I mentioned, Collierville, Henry County, uh, shoot, I just went blank on the others, uh, but replaced, uh, we're able to replace those games uh, and get a full total of 10. Now, we did play the first three, which were regularly scheduled with Lebanon at Lebanon, or actually the first four, Lebanon at Lebanon, Green Hills, Station Camp, and Mount Juliet, and then the scheduled game with Hersonville in there. Uh, but, yeah, there's been a bunch of changes on this. Now, Gallatin has been fortunate from the standpoint of not having a lot of players test positive and quarantine. We've only had a few those. And those were more towards the front end of the season than they have been towards the back end. The thing that, as I mentioned with Jim Nevels, is the injuries that have kept guys out. And there's a couple of guys that are still out. We lost those guys for the season. So, you know, they won't return at any point uh, this year. I, that's been more of the struggle for Gallatin, the injury part, than, than COVID players being held out for, for quarantine or for positive test results. Well, it's definitely going to be a an exciting game, an exciting postseason, and forward to hearing your take on the game, uh, as I will be certainly listening into different broadcasts throughout the mid state uh, during during my game on Friday night. I typically try to keep my earbuds in just to catch a quick score here and there. So I, I will definitely be tuning in. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Greg, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and safe travels to uh, all you Columbia fans coming this way. And I know Maurice, you said you were going someplace else. Safe travels to you and that trip as well. And hopefully we get these next five minutes without any issues and can have a, at least a, a fun conclusion to what's been a pretty crazy year. Absolutely. That is Greg Arias of WHIN in the Gallatin area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're based in Gallatin or not, but WHIN in the Gallatin area and the Gallatin Columbia Central game will be on their airwaves, of course. And um, you can hear the Columbia Central broadcasting on 1037. Lee Maddox and Clayton Harris and Chicken Man, Terry Wilcox. Oh, can't forget the Chicken Man. No, the no. The Peanut Butter Cookie Man. The, the peanut, that's what we're going to start calling the Peanut Butter Cookie Man. Uh, those things were delicious. Um, 12 minutes to the top of the hour, so we're going to go ahead, since we had that last break, we're going to go ahead and just get right into our picks. All right, then. What does Mostradamus have to say today? We will find out right now. All right, here we go. So let's start with the game we just talked mm-hmm. Columbia Central traveling to Gallatin. Number two versus number three. What are you seeing? You know, as Greg was saying, as you were saying, I expect this to be a close ball game. I think it's going to be a hard-fought ball game. Um, 
For some reason, I just feel like this central team is going to go up here and upset this apple cart. They came close up at Beach last year in a in a one versus four matchup. I think some kind of way they they upset and from the seeding this would be an upset. But I think the Lions get this win in a close one. So, do you want me to pick based on? What I think's gonna happen, or how does your pick work? <laughs> I want you to pick based on happen. So, uh, yeah. Um, every time I pick Columbia this year, they've lost every time. So, um, I wanted to preface that, but I think Columbia gets. <laughs> if I keep picking, eventually they're gonna get one right. They're, uh, the one law of averages. Averages, so I'm I'm picking uh, I'm picking Columbia in this one, and I think they go up to Gallus and get the win as well. I'm I'm with you, Mo. All right, how about another game in that region that we cover? Summit, Hillwood. This is a uh, to say about this one. No, no, there's really not. I um, you know, you mentioned boat race on a couple of occasions. I think that's what this one turns into before the before the night is over. We just think. Between the time that they've not had on the field, I think they're going to be trying to make up for lost time. I think they want to make a statement, and I'm just not sure that Hillwood is very good. Yeah, that's about that's about right. That's what I'm expecting to. This is going to be a pretty pretty big win for Summit, though. I think they will come out slow. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to come out slow. With, you know, early some folks may go, "Oh man," you know. Hillwood standing there at Summit, I think that it's, it's going to be a product of just the fact that they're a little rusty. A little rusty. So mm-hmm. uh, expect the second quarter and, be, quarter and beyond to be all Spartans. Independence traveling to Laverne, I'll get that game. I will tell you that I expect to, I expect to see uh, Independence in a boat race as they should handle business fairly easily over at Laverne. I've got the Eagles. I've got the Eagles. I don't have the boat race necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I mean, I guess I may need a boat race definition, but um, I'm thinking five, I'm thinking running clock in the fourth quarter. I, I'm not sure about a running clock. Um, okay, I'm hopeful running clock in the fourth quarter. I want to get home early. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> well considering I'm going to Smithville, I don't care when anybody gets home because it's going to be late before I do. So you may as well be out too. Oh man, I guess I will try not to be. <laughs> try not to be. I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep the baby out too late. You know, there you go. Keep the baby out too late. There you go. And our final game, and this one is. Well, I mean, I guess the best way to put it is. Probably not. I don't guess it's our game of the week. I don't. We didn't even give a game of the week, but we've talked about it a lot. I, I so let's give as, it. Let's yeah. give it the game. By design, by design, cabinetry game of the week. There we go. And like you said, we've talked about it all week. For there's so much going on with this game around this game that I I think game of the week designation is fairly deserving. By design, cabinetry game of the week. Here it is, Spring Hill. DeKalb County, what do you think? 
I like the Raiders in this ball game, and folks might think I'm crazy, and I, they probably wouldn't be wrong, but I just think, again, as we talked to Luke Willoughby, I think the talent gap between DeKalb County and the teams that they played over the course of the five-game win streak that they're bringing into this ball game was a little different than whatever talent there may be in this Friday night matchup between the Tigers and Spring Hill. Um, Spring Hill traditionally has had some success on the road in this situation, um, opening round of the playoffs. So, you know, I'm not sure how many kids there are on this team that were on that team that went to Macon County three years ago, if there are any. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like I feel the Cab County strengths and Spring Hill strengths kind of match it. It's 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 good bit. against good. Mm-hmm. It and, is, and and I think Spring Hill win on enough of those plays to win the ball game. So I'm going to go to Cab County, and 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 I don't. The only reason I because of the guys up front, I think. The, the front seven of Spring Hill has got a way to get pressure. If Avery Worstel was on this team, I'd probably pick Spring Hill. Uh, the only the, – the big difference for me is can Spring Hill's offense can, – can they sustain drives? Can they keep the ball away from this DeKalb County team? Because if they can, it could get into a shootout type, you know, 42-35 type game. If that's the case, Spring Hill has a chance to win. So – I'm just not sure. I, I'm go with the Cab County here, but I, I think Spring Hill absolutely has a chance to win this game. Uh, it, it is a one of the one of the better four one matchups mm-hmm. outside of Class Six A and with the the two that we've talked about. So uh, really excited for that game. All right, it is uh, just about eleven o'clock, and we've had a day to this point. <laughs> it's been a day, and. It's, you know, that's how it goes sometimes, folks. You know, uh, that being said, we appreciate you guys listening and download our podcast. If you missed any part of today, you can do that. Uh, if you missed any of any of our shows, you can go back and listen. We'd love to have you do that. Uh, just search SM-TN Sports today on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. If you are a spring, if you are a listener with interest in Spring Hill football, you may want to go back and check out yesterday's podcast because we did have Ben Martin on in the first hour talking a little bit about this DeKalb County matchup as well. That's right. All right, uh, you can also check out full coverage of these four games that we talked about today on sm-tsports.com. That will be on Friday night. You have photo galleries full stats game stories everything uh from like i said all of those games um and of course you can follow along on twitter as well at sm underscore tn sports at mo Patton underscore sports and of course at chris cl 14 we will have uh i don't know if kenneth hasn't been tweeting a whole kenneth lot. hasn't been tweeting but a whole lot but he will be kenneth Scott will be at the um Columbia Central Gallatin game. And, so if you want to keep we'll, up, just listen to the broadcast. Or or just follow the hashtag only game in town because we'll be um, tweeting yes. out um, updates from the other games as we get those as well. We may have to uh, recruit um, 
some folks at the station like Jay to to put some stuff on SM T and or SM underscore T and Sports on Twitter. We we'll, we'll we'll get him to help us out, right? Well, I, I, he has been he has been using the hashtag in his um TriStar Sports updates as they get those out. So that that's been a nice little help. And if you're looking for scores from around the state, the TriStar Sport at TriStar Sports is that right? Yes, it is at uh, TriStar FNL. At TriStar <laughs> FNL. Ah. Close enough. At TriStar FNL for Night Live. That's yeah. it. Uh, you can follow that. Follow them on Twitter as well. You can get scores from around the state throughout the night. You can hear us if you just love us so much and you want to hear us a little bit more and today. And there are people that do. There are. Yeah. If you love so. us so much and, and, and you want to hear more of GP, <laughs> then tune in tonight. Live from DB's Eats and Beats over in Columbia. Come hang out with us. Five to eight. From five to eight. Uh, Come hang out with us there. Wear your purple, and you can get a special discount. They've got some delicious uh, cocktails and pizzas and everything else. We will be there uh, on the air with JP. Kim Uh, will get you f***ed up. That's right, Miss Kemp will hook you up. She'll and, hook as you well up. Meese. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Dallas. Mm-hmm. All the folks over at DBs, we love them. So, really excited about high school football this Friday. We will be back tomorrow. We will talk more high school football from around the listening area. We've got Marshall County, Nolensville, uh, Oklahoma, of course, in that, that region 4-4A. Several other games that we want to talk about. Uh, Loretto in the playoffs. Eagle in the playoffs. Tons of folks. So we appreciate you guys listening. Again, uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today coming to you 9 to 11 every weekday. SM-TNSports.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate you. Have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. <laughs>